the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Teal. Very Bold Radio, Steve Teal here. It is such a blessing you do not want to miss today. We're going to be talking with Mandisa, the singer-songwriter. She's incredible. Right now, a song that I'm hearing on the radio a lot, Let It Rain, where she's featured on with Crowder, is blessing my heart and my soul. Um, Unfinished from a couple of years ago, blesses my soul, bleed the same, blesses my soul. And then they're just you just go back, press on, stronger, stronger, good morning, overcomer, all of that. And today, though, we're going to have... She's going to get really vulnerable with us and just tell us where she is. And we're going to let um, and pray that God ministers to you through that and also ministers to Mandisa. So it's going to be pretty powerful. Um, She's talking to us from Nashville, so you have to listen closely as we're talking to her on the phone. But you don't want to miss a minute. And we're going to have Mandisa join me on the phone right now. So let's just jump in and talk to the beautiful and wonderful sister, Mandisa. Here's the deal, listeners. I am so excited. One of my favorite guests of all time. I can't say like top two or top three because that would be unfair to a couple hundred guests, but definitely top two or top three. I mean, I'm not (laughs) saying that to anybody, but I mean, easily top two or three. I have to go back now and rank. Mandisa, how are you doing today? (laughs) I'm wonderful. How are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic because I get to talk to Mandisa, and Mandisa has encouraged my soul with her music, and not just her music, but her ministry, and not just her ministry, but her life, and not just her life, but yes, her ups and her downs and everything that you've gone through that then become songs that touch my heart, and not just my heart, but literally millions of people's hearts. So yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. (laughs) All right. I want to remind our listeners just, uh, I mean, I feel like everybody should know Mandisa. It's pretty cool, first of all, that you're a one name person. I mean, just Mandisa. (laughs) I can't be just Steve. You know, you're Mandisa. That's pretty cool. Well, I got to be honest. I um, I have a last name. It's Hunley. But what I found, and this was before I went on American Idol, is that when I would introduce myself as Mandisa Hunley, people thought that I was saying my first name was Mandy. And that my last name was Sahunley. So I just thought, for the ease of everybody, let me just skip the last name and just stick with my first name. Well, that worked out really well, I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) That worked out (laughs) great. All right. I want to remind our listeners. Oh, I also found it fun on Instagram. Interesting that in your bio, you list American Idol. What what was it? Season five? What season was it? 
Yeah, season five. But you list, you don't just say American Idol season five. Do you know what you say? Do you remember? <laughs> I do. I say American Idol loser. Yeah, what's but, that? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Everybody, I, you would be surprised how many people comment to me. Don't say that you're a loser. And I want to say, I'm not saying that I'm a loser. I'm just saying when I list out all of the, you know, the things that people know me about, yeah. I say American Idol loser, but then I also say, does Kayla Fan Award and Grammy Award winner? But the most important part is what I finish it up with, and that's defined by neither. I just don't think that we should define, you know, our worth and our value by what, you know, the awards yeah. and the things that we've lost and the things that, you know, we still sometimes think about. So I'm defined by Jesus, and the fact that I lost on American Idol does not necessarily mean that I'm a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like that. I mean, that stood out to me more than, you know, just American Idol, you know, season five. I, I kind of liked it. I mean, it just... <laughs> I thought it was really cool. So, um, and you're definitely awesome. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, um, lots to catch up on, and I do want to hear just how you're doing everything. But let's just start with uh, Demarco Murray. How are you hanging out with uh, ex Dallas Cowboys, ex Tennessee Titans? But let's not forget ex Oklahoma Sooner. That's oh. why I love Demarco Murray. Yes, that's right. Is that your alma mater? Uh, no, I've got. Oh my gosh, I've got people in the studio shaking their head like. Come on, they're being mean to me. Uh, Both my parents went to OU. I did not. I went to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. Uh, Yeah, but... So, it's just because it's a family? It is, and and hold on, Ernesto's giving me a little, uh, the audio's a little bit rough. Are you on on speaker, or... No. No? Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm just on my on my phone. Okay. All right. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Hmm. Ernesto will clean all that up even for Facebook Live, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, he can't do that. Um, all right. So here's the deal. And I love how Mendisa's turned this into an interview of Steve Teal because everybody wants to know about <laughs> Steve Teal. If they know enough about Steve Teal, then I could just be Steve. But um, yeah, yes. So, <laughs> so since you're so sweet to ask um, – it's partially it is a family thing, but it was my grandma who, from the time I was like four years old, every Christmas would send OU paraphernalia, jackets, uh-huh. T-shirts, hats. And then pretty soon on, because when I was, you know, at the raw age of six or seven, we were winning a mm-hmm. lot of football games. She would mm-hmm. send to West Point, New York. She would send Oklahoma City uh, Sunday paper recap of the games. And so I would read about these incredible uh-huh. guys. And then it just absolutely stuck. And, you know, yeah. once it's in you, it's in you. So that's uh, my story for OU. What's your story for the Titans? I mean, talk to us. So <clears throat> I'm a huge Tennessee Titans fan. Yeah. I'm a season ticket holder. And when I first began watching, my favorite player was DeMarco Murray. What? Uh, a T-shirt with number 29 on the back and his name. And so I was flying back from California to Nashville. And we had a layover in Dallas. And on the plane, I walked no. on the plane, and there sitting next to me is DeMarco Murray. And I freaked out. And <laughs> <laughs> I leaned over shortly after he got off the phone. And I was like, okay, I'm trying not to freak out right now, but you are one of my favorite players. And can I just take a selfie? And so, yeah, I posted a selfie on um, Instagram, on all of my socials. And yeah. I did not realize how many people loved DeMarco Murray. I had Cowboy fans and Titans fans and apparently Sooner fans. Not well. just so apparently, yes. 
Well, that is that is so cool. I didn't. I knew you were like a Titan super fan, but I didn't know Demarco Murray was your your favorite. That's yeah. pretty cool. Why was he your favorite? What was it about him? Well, he's not bad looking. Um, I'm not sure if that's the reason why. But he's he's they, pretty good on the it, he's pretty good on the eyes there, huh? Yeah, but honestly, he's such an amazing player. I I only recently got into football. Really? And when I yeah, it's only been a few years. Um, and so when I became a new football fan, I just saw this running back that was killing it on the field. <laughs> and then later I found out that he's a believer. Um, and I don't know. I just I have a lot of respect for him. So quickly became my favorite. Man, that's really cool. I did not know that he was a believer. That's uh, really yeah. exciting, too. Now, here's the deal. I mean, you were freaking out. You were really excited to meet DeMarco Murray. <laughs> And yeah. if he listens to music at all, he would have been freaked out to meet you. So I don't did did he like recognize and say, Oh yeah, Mandisa? No. Come on. He didn't, but when I um afterwards, after we got off the plane and everything, he responded to my Instagram um that I posted about him. He just said very nice to meet you. And so I think after I posted about him, he may have seen who I was, but yeah. he didn't indicate at all that he was a fan of mine or that he knew who I was. So that's okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm sitting next to him. Well, he's a fan now. I bet you anything. So, uh, man, that's, that is really cool. All right. Are you um, in Nashville? Are you a fan of anything else? Or is it just football? I'm not. Oh, it's my gosh. Football, but I know we've got a great hockey team, and I hear that you're a hockey fan. I am. And I'll, I'll tell you why, since everybody wants to know about Steve Teal today. Um, yeah. Because... One of the most awesome Christians, and this is top two or three interviews um, right up there with Mandisa, mm. is a Nashville predator named Rocco oh. Grimaldi. You, okay, you're going to be a fan. I'm just, I'm What's just telling. What's his name again? Rocco Grimaldi. Grimaldi. Okay. Grimaldi. And he's yeah, a like predator, and he's a believer. Oh, he he is like he's going to be kind of like the Tim Tebow of hockey. I mean, he is so really? strong. Oh yeah. He is so strong in his faith. Now, here's the part you're going to love. He's five foot six. And I don't know anything about hockey. So, so uh, imagine in football. Or... Yeah, ima- imagine in football. Like hockey guys um, are generally six foot, six foot two, six foot oh. three. And uh, fortunately, the last few years, speed has become more important. And so he's the shortest guy hmm. in the NHL by a good three or four inches. So, um, wow. Yeah, you're going to love Rocco Grimaldi. You're, I am predicting you right now, this coming season, when you're not on the road, which is 352 nights of the year, um, you're going to get to a Predators game or two. So, in fact, I'll, okay. yeah, I'll even uh, I'll hook you up with Rocco. He'll get, you, uh, he'll get you a ticket to sit with his wife, I promise you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I've seen a lot of my offensive line for the Titans – Seen them on, you know, on the news. Or one of our Taylor Lewan, he apparently like threw out a catfish, or I don't know, something about catfish. Hockey. <laughs> That's so it. That's I know it. That a lot of my Titans players enjoy going to hockey games, specifically Predators games. So maybe I will show up there one day. <laughs> no, not maybe. This is happening. <laughs> this this is happening. Awesome. I'm telling you how it's going down. You're going to go with Rocco's wife, Abby. I'm telling you, this is happening. So when okay. the schedule comes okay. out, I'll let you know. Uh, you're going to love it. Yeah, you, they won't make you throw out a catfish or anything. I think that's a <laughs> a Nashville thing. I don't understand that, <laughs> but but we'll, we'll just own it. All right, so DeMarco Murray, and I love how you refer to um, your Titans. I like that. My offensive line, <laughs> my Titans. Man, I love that. 
So the, I love them. Yes, that is really cool. So you only became a football fan kind of recently. I mean, yeah, within like the last five years or so. Because you, uh, I didn't quite catch you moved to Nashville. When? How long have you been there? So I've been in Nashville for gosh, what is it, twenty three years now? Oh my so, goodness! I know I've been living in Nashville for longer than I was. I was born and raised in Sacramento, California, and I've officially been in Nashville for longer than I was in Sacramento. So I should technically claim this as my hometown, but I still claim both. You still claim Sacramento? What what is your what do you yeah. feel for Sacramento? That's pretty that's pretty cool that that's still your hometown girl. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I think that's always a special place where you were born and raised. So yeah, I love Sacramento. It's just Nashville has really become home for me. Right, right. Because those Tennessee Titans. Well, not because of <laughs> <laughs> Just because I I just love this city. I love a lot of the culture of Nashville and it's kinda like you can have big city vibes but still have that small hometown feel yeah so i just i don't know i love it here yeah that's that's great well that's really cool well that's kind of what we feel about san antonio it's a big city Mm -hmm. but it's got uh plenty of small town vibe to it as well but i i keep hearing amazing things about nashville so that's for sure all right we're 11 come come visit all right hey i'm down (laughs) i'll I'll come to the hockey game with you if uh if you'll go (laughs) if you'll go and that means Rocco Grimaldi has to fly me there. Just saying, <laughs> I'm just going to wow, put that are out. Good friends. <laughs> we are good friends. Uh, we are. Uh, we're we're good friends. He, um, you know, I think last year I was on his top ten list. He ranks his friends, so oh. I'm in the top. My wife, we we know Rocco and his wife Abby really really well. So uh, in That's fact, awesome. when you were in Austin um, and we came to the concert, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you met my daughter Samantha. And yes. you met his wife, Abby. So, um, which oh. that, that was a year and a half ago. That was a little while ago. So, that's who we'll be sitting awesome. with at the game. So, I'm already, this is happening. This, I love it. Do you love how it's <laughs> expanded from you're going to one game to you're going and sitting with Abby to I'm coming to? Do you like that? I just, yeah, <laughs> I like the evolution of that. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's not talk any more about Steve Teal. Let's talk more about Mandisa. <laughs> I want to know. Um, and, well, I want to remind some of our listeners and all your people that are tuning in are just probably saying how much they love you, and um, that's what I'm seeing on Facebook Live. I mean, and of course, we do love Mandisa. She's incredible, <laughs> and we love one of the things we love about her is how um, she's vulnerable. You know, two years ago, it's almost two years to the day. Uh, a couple days ago. Um, that you released your album out of the dark, which was man yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, vulnerable. It was. It's interesting because I think at that time I thought, okay, well, I I faced depression and I overcame it, and you know, maybe in my mind I was thinking, well, good, that's done. And now I realized, no, this is really. I don't want to proclaim that this is going to be a lifelong battle for me. Yeah. I would just say that this wasn't a one time overcame depression and now it's done story. I'm realizing I have a propensity to go dark. And so I'm realizing this is something I have to battle every day. Like this is something that I need to make a concerted effort to not go back to that place because it's really, really easy for me to go back to that place. Right. Well, um, talk to us. 
talk to us about it a little bit more as you're realizing this, because this seems really important, and this is going to encourage people as well, because if that's kind of the thing that you're going to be facing through life, then you know how many millions of people are facing it too. And if you just just come out and then, oh, Mandisa is just back, Mm -hmm. and she's 100%, and she doesn't face Mm -hmm. any problems anymore— um, then the encouragement is going to be sort of stifled. But for you to be yeah. vulnerable with us and say, you know, this this looks like it's a lifelong thing, and maybe yeah. you can – and so now you're learning how to battle with it on a daily basis kind of deal? Talk to us. Yeah. I mean, I, I say I'm learning how to battle it on a daily basis. I think if I'm being completely honest, yeah. I, right now I'm learning – how hard of a battle it is for me on a daily basis. I can't even really say I'm in an overcoming phase of it right now. Um, I'm kind of in the thick of it again. And I think a lot of it, I'm realizing some triggers for me. Um, When I am off of the road, it's really easy for me to just isolate and to sit by myself. There's a part of me that actually likes it. Sure. Um, Because I've got, you know, I actually can't say that I'm an introvert. I call myself an ambivert because there are times <laughs> when I am more energized by being alone, and yeah. then there are times when I'm more energized by being with people. And I think because I just got off of this whirlwind three-month tour, um, all I wanted to do when I got off of the road was to just crash and yeah. to just be by myself. And it's like the longer that I do that, the the more I want to stay there. And even though I feel myself getting to, uh, well, this is no longer fun for me, um, once I'm in that place, it's just really hard for me to get out of it. So I, it's like I know the things that I should do to get out of it, but, man, all I want to do is to lay in my bed and to binge watch television and order food and have it delivered to me. It's just so easy to do that. And while it doesn't feel good, it's yeah. comfortable because I realize it's what I've always known. So, it's a it's a process for me. So I'm um, I'm actually this is the, one of the first times I'm talking about it and realizing if this is enough for me, I, I need to actually get out of my house at this point. <laughs> so you're going to walk out on the interview basically right now? No, <laughs> no. I I tried to put some things into practice. I've got um, like a Thursday night Bible study that I've been doing for the last seven weeks. But tonight is actually our last night, so um, I need to really put some things into play to make sure that I can't just sit by myself, because um, that, that is really what the pitfall is for me. It's when I'm just alone, and when you're in that dark place and you don't have any light coming in, right. it's just easy to stay stuck there. Right, for sure. So t- talk to us about the Thursday night Bible study. As you're you're going through this, I mean, has it been hard to make yourself even to go mm-hmm. to that? And whoever's in your Thursday yeah. night Bible study, we got to continue this Bible study. Come on. I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, so it's um, it's at a church. It's a Bible study on Sabbath. It's right. One of my favorite um, speakers, her name is Christy McClellan. She's a teacher. Okay. Um, and she teaches from a Middle Eastern lens. And so it's about Sabbath and how we often equate Sabbath with like Sundays or with rest, but it's really so much more. And so she takes us back through Jewish culture, really Middle Eastern culture, yeah. to explain how important this is to the heart of God. And it's actually it's speaking a lot to what I'm facing. I don't wow. think I really realized how important Sabbath is to yeah. God and how when we don't take Sabbath, that's honestly part of what has led to me going into this dark place. It's because it was something that he spoke 
about more than joy, more than wow. love even. He talks about Sabbath in the Bible a Whoa. lot. Whoa. So realizing that we don't take time to do that, I think, is one of the pitfalls for me. Right. Okay. Well, so um, so Sabbath, when we're talking about rest, mm-hmm. and I, I totally resonate with uh, being um, either, depending on the day, an introverted extrovert or an extroverted mm-hmm. introvert. So probably like mm-hmm. you, most people assume that I'm an extrovert, but I'm right mm-hmm. in the middle. You know, I don't know if you've yeah. ever done like the Myers-Briggs temperament. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if the Enneagram speaks to it or not, but I mean, mm-hmm. I wind up kind of right in the middle just with a little push towards the extrovert. So I, I yeah. love my downtime. Like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I need that time, but I'm also not living a life where 44 cities in three months mm-hmm. and where you're on, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine being on for three months straight. Um, yeah. I just, I can't really fathom it. <laughs> well, I can't either, which is, <laughs> well, um, it was difficult in a lot of ways. And I think even before going out on that tour, um, I already wasn't in a great place just because I kept going, 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 and I wasn't really taking the time to Sabbath. And yeah. it's more than just rest. It really okay. is. When you look at what the Sabbath is, how Jesus celebrated the Sabbath, you will find that Jesus always healed people on the Sabbath, yeah. and he always ate with sinners on the Sabbath. And what's interesting is that it's really a celebration more of how God has restored. It's not just laying in bed. It's not just sleeping. It really is. It's a celebration of God's restoration. So when I look at that definition of Sabbath, as opposed to just laying in my house and vegging, um, what am I doing to really celebrate how God restores and how He made it a point to go after those that were broken? And that should speak to me as somebody who is broken, knowing that God doesn't turn away from me. He actually runs towards that which is broken, and He loves to do it on the Sabbath, which was against the rules and the regulations that the Pharisees put out. So it actually speaks so much to what God is teaching me. It's just a matter of me putting it into practice and not just having the book smarts, but actually applying that to my life. Right, right, right. So um, (laughs) making it vulnerable as possible. Um, So what are the sort of things that, I mean, you're looking at in this in this sort of uh, season when you're coming off mm-hmm. this crazy time and when you even went out, you're saying you weren't really full uh, ready yeah. to, to go out. And now you're in this, you know, hard recovery state, but it's right now doesn't even feel quite like recovery. I mean, mm-hmm. what what do you as you're trying to if you were talking to me and it was the same situation and you're already talking mm-hmm. about rest and doing like realizing, oh, I need to do some things. I mean, what what are mm-hmm. do you do it like one at a time? Do you come up with like, here's five things I'm going to do this week or make myself do? What do you say? Well, I think I can maybe put it into bite sized chunks. I think yeah. I get overwhelmed when I think, OK. This week, I'm going to do all of this. It's like, okay, today, what can I do today that's actually going to nourish my soul? And it's surprising the things that do that. Like, yeah. it's, it's exercise. Honestly, I have not exercised in so long, and that is something that my body needs. It's getting out into the sunshine. It's getting together with friends. Those kinds of things, they don't seem like they're really all that deep. But those are the kinds of things that when I consistently don't do that, that's when I go dark. So, I think instead of looking way down the road, um, I just need to say, okay, today, what can I do today? And what's interesting is that I actually, when I was talking about Out of the Dark, I 
talked about all of those things, I'm really devotional about all of those things. It's just when you're in the thick of it, I'm realizing it's so much harder to just even get out of the bed. So I think my focus needs to be just what can I do today? Yeah. Wow. Well, we are really blessed that today you said, you know what, I'm going to talk to that crazy guy. <laughs> you are my one thing today. That I, <laughs> I knew this is going to nourish my soul. Um, and that, honestly, that is one of the things. It's letting influences of light into my life. And it can be the smallest of things, but it really is fellowshipping with other believers. You'd be amazed at how much light floods in when you do that. And it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but any influences of light that you can get in, that is what is going to keep you from going dark. Oh, man, that is beautiful. All right. Um, man, I just... I just want to hear more. <laughs> I just, I just want to hear more. Um, so, okay. So today, I mean, you know, you're sharing with us and uh, you're letting us, I mean, tell you, and I'll just, I'll just take a minute and just, you know, you've got people that are, are tuning in and are going to tune in more because of Mandisa, certainly not because of me, but mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I'm going to ask our fans to really today uh, to be in prayer for not just for Mandisa, like it's so easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love Mandisa and we love what she does for us. But um, today, like what sh- the cross that she's carrying, she's caring for a lot of people. And I'm asking for our fans today and your fans to pray and say, wait mm-hmm. a second, I hadn't thought about how hard that would be. You know, you, you come out mm-hmm. on tour, you're in Pittsburgh, you're in Houston, you're here, you're there, you're in L.A., and we come out and we come away feeling mm-hmm. great, and then you're on to the next city, and it just it doesn't mm-hmm. stop. So um, I'm asking, and yeah, talk to me. Specifically, I mean, that is the, that's my story. But yeah. even as you said that, I was thinking yeah. that you a lot of the people that are listening or watching, if they had not faced it, then – they probably know somebody who, I don't know, some of the signs are you just, you stop hearing from somebody or they just don't have that spark that they used to have. Um, I think it's so important to pray for those people. Yeah, I also think it's important to reach out to them as well. Like just call them up and ask them how they're doing. It's little things like that. We need each other. Like we really are meant to live this life with one another. And so I appreciate everybody doing it for me. I've got lots of people in my life um, who make sure that I cannot go into that place like I did before. Some of the people that I do my Thursday Bible study with. Um, But I just think it's so important that we do that for the people who are really in our lives. Like, that's good. People that you know are fans of on on Facebook. That's cool. Um, but what about <laughs> your neighbor? What about you know the person that you grew up with? Like the friends, the relationships in your own life. Do that for somebody else as well, because we really were not meant to do this thing by ourselves. That is that's awesome. This is a weird word I'm going to use. That's hilarious. That in the midst of you know you feeling like you're in a, a hard you're in a hard place, and yet there you are again. You're thinking about other people. I just that that is hilarious to me because when we're in that dark place, it's so easy to think about ourselves. But here you are. God is like mm-hmm. kind of making you, hey, you know, you're like, wait a second. It's not just about mm-hmm. me. I mean, someone else is going through this today. And, and I love that you pointed out a sign for us. We haven't heard from them lately. You know, we're not hearing from them. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's better just to turn it to that way and just think, hey, who is in your life? Just as Mandisa said, and God might put someone on your heart right now. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's someone, 
and you just you just think you haven't heard from him um, and everything's fine. But God is wanting to prompt you, show you, guide you mm-hmm. to reach out to them. And just even if it just starts with the text of, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Well, well, what does it need to go to, Mandisa? I mean, is a text enough to get mm-hmm. it started if a friend texted you right now or what do you, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What does someone out here need? Yeah, I think um, everybody kind of responds differently. Okay. Um, some of my friends, when they text, how are you doing, I might give them a token answer, but more <laughs> often than not, <laughs> I will usually tell them I'm not doing great. Okay. Um, I think it's rare for somebody to do that, though. I, I don't know how often that happens. I think most people will kind of give the token, I'm fine. So that's when I think, like, having some face-to-face time, like, ask them, you want to go and grab yeah. a cup of coffee or, you know, whatever right. it is. I just think get in front of their faces and really ask the Holy Spirit to show you what is going on behind the smile that they may be putting on their face. Like, if you just get a check in your spirit, yeah. um, and sometimes it's hard to define what that is, but it's just kind of in your knower, where it's like something is not right here. Um, often God is using us as the hands and feet to really reach into that place to get your brother or sister out, because... You know, he, yeah. that's what he wants us for. We're the body of Christ. That's what we are actually called to do. And people, Christians, battle with depression just like everybody else does. For sure. It sometimes is um, a physiological. It can be like a hormonal. Sometimes it's situational. It's not really up to us to decide what it is. It's really just up to us to be sometimes a shoulder that somebody can lean on and uh, just be with, be a sounding board. So. Reach out, do something, but get in front of their faces and really see into the Spirit what can only be seen through the Spirit. Man, that is good. So who is reaching out in your life right now? I mean, besides the Bible study people, are they going to are they going to be able to recognize tonight and say, hey, you know, Bible study's ended, but, you know, next Thursday night we're, we're going to dinner. Next Thursday night we're going to coffee or whatever. I mean, who's yeah. what's that going to look yeah, like? Yeah, there are me. Two of my friends that I go to the Bible study with, those are— that's my safe, my yeah. safe group. So they they know, and they're um, they're making sure that I'm not just being able to sit in my house by myself. So okay. they're on me. <laughs> okay. How hard is it? I mean, in this sort of season, how hard is it for you to? I mean, maybe you've got these friends, and they're like, "Mandisa, you doing okay? Mandisa, what's going on?" But I mean, how hard is it when you're just kind of in that place, in that funk, in that depression? Um, to reach out and say, hey, I mean, I, I'm in a dark yeah. time. How hard is it for you and for it's us? It's hard, yeah. yeah. I I don't know that I've ever reached out to say, hey, I'm in a dark place. That's okay. why them reaching out to me, if they weren't doing that, I would just stay in my funk. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever reached out to say it. So that's why when they open the door, I'll walk through it, but they're the ones that's usually opening the door. And Oh, that feels, I feel ashamed to even say that. I'm supposed to be, you know. Wait, no, no, no. No, no, no. What? No, no, no. (laughs) Well, I think that's part of what comes with it is the shame of it all. Like, I, that's, that's where the enemy sticks you is the thing that you wouldn't want anybody to know about. When it stays in the dark, it stays in the dark. It's only when it comes out into the light that God, you know, can really shine on it. So, yeah, if it weren't for them reaching out, I would just stay stuck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because it is just that hard. That is, mm-hmm. it's just that hard to say, hey, somebody, yeah. come on. So fortunately in your life, you have these couple of people that are like, 
hey, come on. <laughs> What's yeah, really going absolutely. on? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You know, um, man, you've, you've been encouraging us and we're supposed to be encouraging you, but I do feel like God is, um, man, God is, God is with you in an incredible way. Even, I don't know if it doesn't necessarily when you're in that dark space feel like that. Um, but I mean, he's been using you this entire time, uh, for us and for our listeners. Um, and it's, I don't, I don't know if that encourages you or not. I mean, maybe it doesn't just cause it you're, does. yeah. Yeah, it does. I just think when, I don't know, when you're in that place, it's not something I really think about, which is why getting out and hearing it, it's kind of a reminder. Um, it's a reminder that this is not how it's going to be always. And just I've, I've been reading um, the Psalms this week, yeah. and it's where I am in the Psalms, like Psalm 105 and 106 and all of those, it really is a chasing back of all of the things that God has done. And it's something about looking back and seeing what He's done in the past that gives you faith to keep going now and in the future. So I'm trying to take an inventory of, okay, He did this before. I know that He can do it again. Right. Well, that that kind of fascinates me because when I'm in a funk, it is hard for me to read my Bible. So, how have you kind of made yourself be in the Psalms? How have you yeah. done that? That I mean, that that's hard for me when I'm in a funk. Oh, it is, it is, and I've only this week gone back to it. Um, it's just I don't know. It's that I can't keep doing this, and so what's the one thing that I know I can do, even if it's for five minutes? Yeah, just open up the Bible. Just let that little light shine in and. There's a great app. It's called First Five. Um, it's by Proverbs 31 Ministries. And so I'll be honest, it's designed mainly for women, but I feel like <laughs> anybody can get something out of it. But it's designed to help you uh, make the first five minutes of your day time with the Lord. And so it's they point you to a scripture. They're going to the Psalms right now. And then they give you a little devotional. Yeah. And that's where they are. It's just, I just said, I need something. And so... In addition to me every Thursday, let me just at least get some word in my soul, because that really is what nourishes. Yeah. Um, it's not all of the things that we think feel good um, to our flesh. It really is when our soul feels nourished, we feel nourished. And so I know that reading the Word um, gives me that. And so it was just one of the, it's the one thing that I can do right now. If I can right. open up my Bible, that will at least give me a little bit of light. Okay. All right. Well, I've got a little... Oh man, I can't say challenge, but a, a little. Uh, what's another word for challenge? Somebody find out. You can say the, challenge. All right, I got a little challenge for you then. <laughs> um, I would love to ask you if uh, whatever you read in the Psalms today or tomorrow, to uh, just send me or post. Um, you can you can send me. This is really cool. I get to mm-hmm. be in your corner. I'm I'm recognizing. I get to be in uh, people's lives corner. And so you're kind of stuck with me is kind of the deal. And if you're stuck with me, you're stuck with my family. We're in your corner. So um, that's kind of a blessing to me. You might be like, it doesn't feel like a blessing to me, but it, it is a blessing to us. And so I, my, my challenge is if you, whatever you read in the scripture tonight or tomorrow, would you please um, just send me a direct message on, you know, some of your thoughts about it. Um, and if you wind up just sharing it with the world, that's great. But um, I know that will bless me. And are you down for that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. Um, before we uh, close up shop and um, 
And uh, is there anything else you just want to encourage us, tell us, share anything on your heart, anything? And then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to be praying for and pray on air, if you don't mind, just for our our people, our listeners that are in that same space, um, that same place. And I'll pray too, but I think your prayer is going to be more powerful than mine today. So is there anything else, Mandisa, you just want to share with us? No, we did. To <laughs> okay. All right. You like to go first or do you like to close? What's your call? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Lord, thank you for, um, thank you for your light shining into dark places. Mm-hmm. It's why you came. You came to set the captives free. You oh. came to release people from bondage. Mm-hmm. And so I thank you for all you have done, for all you will continue to do. Thank you for setting me free, and I just want to um, bless those who are listening right now, who are watching. Lord, for those who feel like they are stuck in the dark, would you do for them what you continue to do for me, and that is to lift me out of that pit, out of the mud and the mire, and to set our feet on a rock and give us a new song to sing. You don't waste anything. You don't waste our pain. And so I ask that you use the things that the enemy has meant to harm for good, Mm. but for the good of us and also for the good of those who are watching how we go through this thing. Mm. Just like in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas, after they were thrown into prison and beaten and flogged, Lord, if they were worshiping you, the other prisoners were watching, and Mm. you used their worship to set them free. That's what I'm asking you to do, Lord, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, as we keep our eyes on you, the difficulties it may be, Lord, would you somehow use that Mm -hmm. to set other people free as you are setting us free? You've done it before. I know that you will do it again because you are good and you are faithful and you do not waste anything. I trust you for that. I believe you for that. And I give you all the glory in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Oh dang! I should have let. I should have gone first. Uh, <laughs> Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for Mandisa, mm-hmm. and we ask. Um, I mean, I think I think about David. I think about him in the caves, mm-hmm. and I think about him mm-hmm. on the run, and I think about how even when he was in a place he did not want to be, he would not choose to be, and still mm-hmm. you use that. And those same psalms that he wrote are blessing us today and blessing Mandisa mm-hmm. today. Uh, out of his pain, out of mm-hmm. his escape, out of his run mm-hmm. from uh, things that looked like were complete defeat, and yet you were bringing mm-hmm. him to a victory and still more defeats, but still you were bigger than the victories. You're bigger yeah. than the defeats. You are so big mm-hmm. and you are so mighty. I think about Paul. I think about him being in a place mm-hmm. where he did not want to be, and yet somehow, God, because you are just mm-hmm. so big, you would use those times, and we are blessed today to to read Philippians and to read Colossians and to read those things when he was in a place he did not want Mm. to be. And so, Lord, you do the same Uh with us when we are in a place we do not want to be. You are at work. You are the author. You are the creator. You make wine Mm. out of water. You make beautiful things out of hard things. You are just so big. And so, Lord God, I want to thank you for our sister, your daughter, your daughter, Mandisa, who you love so very much. And not just Mandisa, but for those people that are listening, those that are watching, that are going through the same thing. They are your daughters. They are your sons, and they need a word from you. And if it's just a word of encouragement just to do one thing today, 
then let it be so. Lord God, whatever it is, but I thank you for our beautiful sister, Mandisa. Um, mm-hmm. I thank you that the honor and the privilege that I, I get to be in her corner and even bigger and better than that, obviously, Jesus, mm-hmm. you are in her Holy Spirit. You are at, you are interceding on her behalf. You're interceding on our behalf. Jesus, you're standing at the right hand of God the Father interceding on her behalf, and she has blessed us. Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's in a hard space, and she has blessed us, and she has blessed others, and that's you, God, using Mandisa yet again, and there's more coming. There's more coming, and it's good, and it's beautiful, and yeah, there are hard spots, and yeah, it might be a lifelong thing, but that's okay. We're going to mm-hmm. keep going, and you're going to help us, and when we're struggling, you're going to have that right brother, that sister, mm-hmm. just to say, come on, I'm with you, I'm with you. So, Lord God, um, just today, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are, even when we're in hard spaces and hard places, mm-hmm. and even with a broken love, we still love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Oh, man. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.